don't know. I think just like the thoughts, like your thoughts on single women going into like missions. I think it's awesome. And like just, yeah. I know there's more to consider behind that for women. I mean, I've went on missions. Mm -hmm. So like there is things that you have to consider being a single woman of just like, Different cultures don't see women totally. as valuable yeah, or ladies, serious. Experience it firsthand for sure. Yeah, so I guess I don't know. Well, so I see. I, I, I think powerfully about women in, in missions. I think we've got lots of examples of time mm-hmm. uh, in the church that uh, of women who have done uh, mighty things. But to me, the, the best one is the Chinese revival, mm-hmm. which at the height of the Chinese revival. China, Revival in China through the 80s and 90s. At the height of it, they were seeing a million people born again a month. Okay? A million a month. Explosive growth. But what most people don't explain is that most of the male leaders were in prison. Mm-hmm. They all got rounded up, thrown in jail in the late 80s and early 90s. So most of that explosive revival was being led by women. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's like glorious, you know? But, you know, so for me, I just think, yeah, if God ha- has that for you, just let's do it. Let's, mm-hmm. let's be about it. And, and I think when it comes to, like the thing I said earlier about headship, I think everybody needs to be submitted to somebody, not just women. I think men need to be submitted to somebody. Women need to be submitted to somebody. Everybody needs to be submitted to somebody. I don't walk around here some free lo- you know, free willing gunslinger just telling everybody what to do and y'all just follow me and I am the director. I mean, none of that ever happens around this joint. I go, hey guys, I've had a, think, I have a thought, I think, and what do y'all think? And they'll go, oh, that's pretty good. And they'll go, oh, that's pretty bad. And I mean, I, I submit my leadership to my team, mm-hmm. you know? And that's how we all submit yourself to one another. It's what Paul preempts the conversation in Ephesians 5 on headship and marriage. Verse 21, he starts it with, all of you be submissive to one another. Now, in marriage, he goes, wives, submit to your husbands. And then he's going to go later and say how husbands submit to their wives by dying for them. Husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That means die. See what I'm saying? Like, so often it's taught, women submit, men lead. No. No, no, no. Everybody submits to one another. Husbands, uh, wives, submit to your husbands as the head, like Christ is the head of the church. Husbands, die for your wife. <laughs> like, that sounds worse. And that's the point about headship. Headship is, you know, like the, you know, they, like the SWAT teams. The first guy in the door is usually the leader guy. Mm-hmm. That's headship. You know, the SWAT team, the first guy in the door, he don't know what's on the other side of the door. There might be bullets. There might be knives. There might be who knows what. Bang! You go in. That's headship. Because you're leading and you're taking the you're taking the hits. You're humbling first, you're serving first, you're giving first, you're loving first, you're repenting first. That's headship. That's Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make the other lesser than. It just doesn't. 
It doesn't. The, the father, as the as the head figure in the Godhead, doesn't diminish who Jesus is. They're co-equal, co-eternal, both God. And so, uh, anywho, um, yeah, I think. Here's what I tend to think. I, I tend to think the reason why you see a ton of single women in ministry is because women tend to be a little bit more like obedient to the Lord. They tend to follow. You can't tell me that God didn't call a bunch of dudes in the ministry and he just called a bunch of ladies and, you know, that's why there's this imbalance in missions because he didn't call them. No, I, I guarantee you that's not the point. I guarantee you the point is he called them and you got a lot of dudes in disobedience and women are going for it. I love what, uh, who is the head of the Salvation Army? Uh, William Booth. He said, some of my best men are women. <laughs> you know, and that was in the early 1900s when that wasn't a thing. It was because the women were willing to be faithful, obedient, bold, courageous, daring, and do all sorts of things that men weren't doing. Not to knock on men. No, no, godly men. There's a lot of godly men out there. But, but I, no, no, I, I want to add a point to that. Yeah, yeah. Is that uh, I, I find men culturally, and they say even biolo biology, biology, biologically. Please. <laughs> biology, you get it. Uh, so. Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, men are just so logical, and then the culture supports that. So a lot of guys, I've I, I found this throughout my life, get together, okay, what are they going to talk about? They're going to talk about sports, you know, the basic things you probably experienced. They're shallow, is that what you're saying? <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> and uh, so, and I also think women uh, are much more relational in terms of discussing things, I, I feel as though with their emotions, it, you know, it's almost like, yeah, I could see where they could flow with the Holy Spirit more because, well, I'll take my wife, for example. I mean, she loves to just be on her face. Of course, that's maybe special, but she puts a lot of time into it, being on her face before the Lord. And, and I had to learn from her more of this stuff. You know? um, so that's just a, part of the testimony, I guess, where she, she actually helped me come along in my Christianity uh, because I was so focused on worldly things, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I think that there's an expectation in this culture, it is changing, where, where, uh, where men um, go out there, you know, you got to get a big career, you got to succeed, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, that's what I wonder, the biology and the culture of, of that, although the good part is it does seem to be changing, you know, where uh, men are becoming more sensitive and they're talking more about feelings, you know, and so I, I especially see it in the younger generation. So that's a pro that's progress, that's a good sign. Um, but uh, anyway, that's my two cents. <laughs> I have a question. I have three questions. Um, first question is we don't ever talk, so she has to go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, first question is uh, kind of just going off. I think I might ask some questions that you 
Can a single girl uh, adopt? Sure. Uh, <laughs> what? what? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> what? Um, what are some things... I mean, if you're asking me to color in the answer a little bit... No, I mean, I just want to hear... I've, I think, I've heard many different views. I think absolutely a single, a single woman can adopt a child, for sure. Do I think a single parent household, male or female, is the optimal? No, that's why God gave us a male husband and a wife. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So no. I, I think, obviously, God you know, created order. He gave us man, man and woman, and, and that's the best context. But God could easily call a woman to adopt, and, and it's totally his will and totally, totally awesome. Cool. Um, second question is, what can single girls, since we're all single girls, what can we do in our singleness that's not necessarily to a marriage end, but to help us in our singleness? And what are some things that we can do in our singleness that is until you? This is the question you always ask me. Okay. <laughs> Please keep this asking because I. Ask me. She's I making, see, she's I making see. you write a blog on this. Okay. I know that's what you wanted to ask. Okay. Uh, Wait, where's my notes? <laughs> All right, what, do, so. what do we call that one? <laughs> do you remember what we called that one? Uh. What can we do that's not into a marriage end? Yeah, because I, I feel like a lot of times they're like, single girls, this is what you do onto marriage, but what can we just do in our singleness that doesn't necessarily have a marriage purpose to it? Yeah. What can you do in singleness? Here's my list for girls. Oh, this is going to be good. This is my list. <laughs> It's <laughs> okay, so, guys. I'm recording. <laughs> so, do you want do you want to hear my list for boys? Yes. Yeah, it's probably like three things. <laughs> no. No, I want to hear. I do yeah. too. All right, I'll give you my list. Well, see, I had a conversation with one of my sons, and I said, I want to, I want to see you. So, I've said this to all my sons. I want to see you get married. I want to see you not. You don't have to be married. But I want to see you be marriage material by the time you're 22. Okay, so by the time you're 22, I want to make you marriage material. And they're like, okay, good. So then this list that I gave one of my sons, I was like, oh, that's good for a lot of dudes. Like, there's a lot of guys that could use this list. So I wrote a blog out of it. Now we haven't published it yet. We've, you know, we've certain blogs are in, in, in our pocket right now. So we haven't published it. The timing's a little weird. So, uh, so then Alicia's all like, well, if you wrote that for boys, why don't you write some for girls? And I'm like, well, I don't, my daughter is 10, and I'm not trying to go there yet. And maybe I'll have that conversation with her. She's like, but I'm a young lady that gets along. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm just going to call yeah. it all out, just to make it all real. <laughs> I really appreciate you. <laughs> She's not appreciating this me right now. This is what we want. This is what they want. Giving them, giving them what they want. All right. So, with you want girls first and then boys. Boys, boys, mm. boys first and then girls. Okay. Yeah. And I gave that context because I thought it might 
be good to come out with boys first. Wait, hold on. We're getting our notepad though. Okay. <sighs> okay, here's the girls. Wait, what are you whispering? I have so because she was like, this is going to be my checklist. I was like, dude, I already have such high standards. So this is going to be added to my list. Is it? Probably. You should ask me about that. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> here we go. This is starting up too. I'm All right. I said, no, these were not in any, any given order for, for this very young man. Worth that work ethic. You gotta have discipline. You gotta learn how to work until the job is done. You gotta, you gotta have a good work ethic. And girls, if you, if you see a guy and he doesn't like to work, like just, I know he might be cute and swaggy and all that stuff. Right. Just, no, no, that lazy, trying to get by all the time, dude, he's not your dude. I don't care how much swag he's got. It's no, sir. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> that guy doesn't work hard. Don't, don't. But that dude, it'd just be a bummer for you. Yeah. All right, second, he's got to listen well. Listen to the person, um, and, and it takes humility to listen well. You can't be trying to get your word out first, or easily distracted. Mm -hmm. You know, so, sometimes you're sitting there talking to the person, their lights are on, but they're not home. You know, they're just not there. You gotta listen very well. You want them to know, you want to know that this guy is hearing you, he's hearing your heart, not just the words you're saying, like, oh, I heard what you said, and like, what's you, your intention? You gotta have a guy that, that is listening. Thirdly, you want a guy that is disciplined, especially, you know, there's certain, there's certain indicators. Punctuality is, is a great one. And here's why. It's not that you guys have to be Mr. and Mrs. Structured Schedule, but if the guy isn't at least a decent measure of discipline with himself, he's going to be a dad in a minute. And then you're going to have little kids running around like chickens with their heads cut off. It's going to be wild. And you need a dad. You know, you need a guy that's got, got a little value for some discipline, self discipline. So that, that manifests in a variety of ways punctuality. What the dude eats, how he you know exercises, things like that. If that dude only eats like Lay's potato chips and whatever and Mountain Dew, like surprise is not the best. Just these are signs. Um, you want to see a, a guy that has expanded interests. You, uh, what he's saying here about how men talk about sports only, or, and in y'all's generation, it's video games. <clears throat> Or movies. If you got a guy and all I can talk, and so this is one of my sons, like a bro. You, you got to be able to talk about more than video games. <laughs> got it. So read books. Uh, learn people. Learn personality types. Learn emotional things. I said you, you got to be able to do that. Um, have expanded interests. I said uh, you got to exercise, and that goes with being disciplined. But you got to exercise. You got to get some. You don't have to be a world class bodybuilder, but you just. Take care of yourself. Just, just take care of yourself. Posture and physique, it, it matters how you care of yourself. Um, I said, um, you need to be self-aware. Self-aware and live in the moment. 
And that's so difficult to find in this generation because so many people are addicted to their, their device. And so somebody's addicted to his device, he's just, he's just tuned out. And he's, he's not aware. So he'll literally, you're talking, and because he's tuned out, it just bored out anything. Like, you, you just don't want that. Uh, and, 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 you, and you want somebody who's got a, a bit of a governor over himself that he doesn't just say stuff that just creates a bunch of train wrecks. You know, I, I see young guys do that all the time. They just start blurting junk out, and it just, they're not aware of the impact they're making on them. So be self aware. Um, Spiritual. Somebody who's reading the Bible intently, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, just having a, more than just a Christian name that has a depth. Alive in God, you know, prayer, fasting. Um, I said, you got you got to have your financial life in order. You got to have a, a, you know some sort of above it, above it, above it, <laughs> some sort of a budget, <laughs> giving, generosity. You know, just have. A, at least, even if you have eight hundred dollars a month, you got sort of plan for that money. Like, because here's a minute: the guy's gonna have to help in your house. He's just out blowing his money. Has no money. He's just always like trying to figure it out. He's just behind. It's not a matter of having little money. It's about how do you spend your little money. Mm-hmm. If he's terrible with a little bit, he's gonna be terrible with a lot. Get a budget. Get a plan. Um, and for men. I said that you have, they have to understand the bridal paradigm. They have to understand the bridal paradigm, which I think they're going to teach y'all next week. But y'all already had some song. But the point is, a man, the key biblical admonition to husbands is to love your wife as Christ loves the church. So that man has to understand God's love for him as the bridegroom God, as the man is the bride, he has to understand that love so that he can then turn around and love you. He can't love his wife as Christ loves the church if he doesn't know how Christ loves the church. So for men, I always say it's bridal paradigm. You've got to know the bridal paradigm so you can love your, love your wife. So if you meet a good dude who hits, checks all the other boxes, like make up the same my song of Solomon, <laughs> Make him listen to it so he gets it. Or Mike's or anybody who teaches it. Um, he's got to have at least some kind of long-term plan. And it doesn't have to have it like landed, but some sort of goals. Um, he can't just be like a ship floating around at sea with no mm-hmm. rudder. You know, he's kind of like, you know, I want to finish college and I want to go into ministry or I want to get a job. And I wanna, you know, at least have some kind of some kind of structure to where he can see himself, you know, where he can see himself go. And, and, and that needs to include not just what he wants, but what's God's plan for him. Because what's God's plan is what actually matters. What do you feel like the Lord wants for him? That's the plan. And um, the final thing I said to him was, uh, think and live outward. Think and live outward. Think, think about how to be kind, how to be generous, how to be giving, how to be serving, serving others. Live outwardly instead of always thinking and living inwardly. And um, yeah, that's just relational. I think, you know, just a simple thought, most people, they walk into a room, they think, here I am. 
change that up. You know, walk into a room and and think there you are. It just changes it. Walk in the room, there you are. Good to see you. You know, that just totally takes my eye off of me. I don't care about me. It's just a different way to live. Um, okay, that's for the boys. Here's for the girls. Let's see here. First I said, they have to have a spiritual passion. Um, so often I think church girls are Christian by virtue of being sort of present, but they're not deep in God. Be that spiritually passionate girl. And the Lord over the years has given me as many women to disciple as men. And what I have historically done is I disciple these women and they, they outpace so many of the men around them. And what it, it becomes a little negative. It's like, it's like being the smart kid at school that everybody sort of makes fun of a little bit. So being that spiritual girl, there's that feeling of like, uh, I don't want to be seen as too spiritual because I might be intimidating. And I say, no, 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 no. Don't. Just freaking put the pedal to the metal. And I'm not saying be religious. I'm saying be on fire for God. And then the only guy that will be able to keep pace with you is when it's legit. Like, your, your spiritual passion will create uh, its own filter. Um, and then I said, be emotionally stable. What's the knock on women? They're emotional. Dramatic, right? And it's not about just being emotional. I'm emotional. I'm a passionate person. Uh, but everybody around me, the ones that all know me, none of them would say that I'm unstable. I'm extremely consistent. I'm extremely like, I mean, I, I'm preaching the same stuff I've been preaching for 20 years. Somebody was listening to one of my series from 10 years ago, and they go, I can't believe this because I'm listening to this series. You're saying the exact same stuff right now from 10 years ago. I go, yeah. I mean, it's not that I haven't changed it, haven't learned anything, but it's, you know, I, I, I'm just staying with it over the long haul. You can be, you can be an emotional, passionate person, but, but you can have a consistency and a stability to you. And, and I think um, with ladies, the knock is often that, you know, you just have moments, you see these meltdowns, these breakdowns. And I get there's some sort of female things that are different than men. I get, I get this point. And, and, and that's okay. Like, that's reasonable. And it's, but it's a, it's a matter of governing your emotions so that you don't just swing real high and swing real low. And, and who, can, who can keep up with that? You know what I'm saying? Um, it's okay being emotional, but it's, it's the consistency. Um, the other thing is uh, be personally content. So often women play the comparison game, and they constantly are wishing they looked like so-and-so. Their nose would be this way. I wish my hair was like that one's, and my toenails don't do what her toenails do. And it's just that whole thing is crazy. Just be content. God made you the way you wanted you. You're fearfully wanted to be made, wonderfully made. You're gorgeous. You're exactly what he wanted. He dreamed of you from a million years ago, a billion years ago. You're exactly what he wanted. Like, get real rooted in that. Just get content with who you are, what you are. I think that's so, so. That probably for um, most men 
is probably an extremely attractive thing when a guy meets a girl that isn't coming across like, I, I just wish I was different, I just wanna be like this needy thing. That contentment, like that, it's really a, a confidence in who, who God made you to be. Most men, once they see that, they're like, whoa, who's that girl? There's a, there's a thing about that. Um, and then I say with women, understand the father heart, and I think those go together. Personal contentment goes with understanding the father heart of God. And here's why you gotta understand the father heart. So men have to understand the proper paradigm because they gotta love their wife as Christ loves the church, right? So if he, he, he doesn't understand the proper paradigm, he can't love, the, he can't love his wife. So women, here's the deal. Your father is your head, okay? When you move out of your father's house, the Lord is your head, and the church is your head, and then when you get married, guess what? Your husband is your head, your authority. Now here's the thing. If you got a problem with your, if you got father issues, they always translate to being God the father issues, like we, like we taught. But here's the deal, and I've seen this so often. This is, this is a wild thing to watch. You got a girl, she's got father issues. She's rebellious towards her dad. Boyfriend shows up and he's the answer. He's better than you know anything she's ever met. So he sweeps her away from dad. Because dad's a jerk and he's awesome. Well, in one half a second, as soon as she's out from dad and she's under him, mm-hmm. now he's the problem. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> her problem is with headship. Mm-hmm. It's not her dad. I mean, maybe her dad's a jerk. He really might be. But her problem is she's not healed as it relates to father. And in one half second, the husband will be the head and the dad won't. And if you don't get that cleaned up by a revelation of the father heart of God, you'll translate that rebellion right into your marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I lost that one. It's word, man. It's word. All right. Um, all right, at the risk of uh, stepping on toes, because uh, I said it to the men, uh, with women, I'd just say physical appearance. Just look like you care. That's the, that's the main point. It's not about having a certain look or, or emulating a certain person. It's just look like you care about yourself. That's the, that'd be the main thing I would say. There's just something about uh, a person who exudes that I actually care about how I care myself. I care about, um, you know, I value myself. That, that It speaks that I value myself. And so I know there's physical issues, physical appearance issues, I know that's a challenge with a lot of women, but that's not the point. The point is expressing yourself that shows that you value yourself. And it can, it can be bad in a variety of ways. It could be the... The girl, you know, maybe it's, you know, she doesn't take care of herself. Maybe she's really out of shape or something of that nature. Or it could be the girl that's in perfect shape, but she's, you know, wearing stuff that's showing she doesn't value herself. She's showing stuff she's going to be showing. Um, you know, so there's there's a whole array on the spectrum of that, but I think it's really just a matter of uh, presenting yourself in a way that shows that you care. Uh, I, I'd say some financial stability. You can't be a million dollars in debt and hoping to, <laughs> Prince Charming's gonna come in and bail you out. It's just not a thing. You know, like, it, I, I've seen this a bunch. Guy and girl dating, 
hanging out. Let's just start talking, really talking. And then they go, so, do you know I have like $150,000 of student loans? Well, it's really not all student loans. It's like $50,000 of my credit card too. You're like, and the guys are like, what? Like those are deal breakers. And you just, so you just can't go racking up debt. Oh, I got a credit card at Macy's and I got one at the thing and I got one at the deal and I just, they were free and 0%. No, they're not free. They're not 0%. <laughs> you can't do that. And, and, and it's not saying, oh, if you ever got a student loan that's broken, it's just, you, you can't just run it up and imagine it's going to be fine. It's just not how it is. Um, <clears throat> same as I said with the guys, there's got to be a depth of interests. Um, you know, just beyond, you know, one channel or, or one set of interest. Um, I think there has to be a sense of a vision beyond yourself. Um, like this thing you're saying, um, uh, you know, I want to foster kids or something like that. Like, that, that's like so actualized. Like, that's such a, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing. You know, like, it's not, you're not just like, oh, I want this for me. And it, you know, self isn't the center of you know, others. It's, it's, it's a, it's a special thing. And then the last thing I said for women, it's honorable speech. Because I think a lot of times, men do this too. James is writing men and women. But uh, women tend to talk and say things that they ought not to say. And they um, dishonor people. And I think that that's just a key, you know. Um, and, I, and I've seen this with women and, and their uh, fiancé, husbands, boyfriends, where they will literally start going in on their boyfriend or husband. They'll start going in on them to other people. And I'm like, that's just, that's just super dishonoring. And that's just not, not how it should be. And, and I think it goes together with men too. Men should be honorable in their speech and, and not say things behind closed doors that they would not say in public. Um, but I think that at times that, that verse that says in the abundance of words, sin isn't lacking. Like that really is a good word for, um, for females. They tend to talk, and this is scientifically proven, they tend to talk more than that. Women do. So I think honorable speech is a, is a critical thought. When I first shared this with Alicia, she was like, I was like, why'd you ask me for these? I'm not trying to get in trouble. I'm calling balls and strikes. It's either a ball or a strike. That's it. I'm not trying to it's a great get, into, get into issues with people. Yeah, I just wanted to mention a, a thought came to my mind. I, I really like what you said, but thinking of the guys, because I'm a guy, of course, and, and I agree with the guy list, but I'm thinking this is motivation for you young ladies to come to IHOP, because I'm telling you, the guys I've met around here, <laughs> they are what Billy's talking about. <laughs> I think we do have good guys. I think we need a lot more good guys. Yes, yes. No, you're right. The shortage of guys. There's a little bit of a shortage. I like the guys' chances that are here. <laughs> now, I think our message tends to draw women, about three or four women, to every one guy that draws. <laughs>
I think that's like a common thing in the church in general. Yeah. Or from what I've noticed. <laughs> so what can we do in our singleness that's not necessarily towards marriage? Like, what would you tell a lady in their singleness? She's like, I don't think Oh yeah. So then, what's God speaking in your heart? Like, what's what's the, what's the dream of God for you? Mm-hmm. And I think because sometimes you hear this. This is the thing I think you're referencing. Sometimes you hear this idea that a woman can't enter into who she's supposed to be until she's married or something mm-hmm. like that. But I think it's completely false. It's not real. So I think, what's the dream of God for you? What's God saying to your heart? What's He inviting you to? There's a dream He has for you. His good works prepared beforehand. That's what He says in Ephesians chapter two, verse ten. There's good works that God's prepared beforehand for you that you should walk in them. What's he inviting you to? And then just put your hand in the hand of the Lord and just run together with the Lord. And I'm convinced that's the quickest path to finding that person that's, you know, in your destiny. You know, in your destiny in God. There's that old thing, you know, you're here and you're seeking the Lord and he's here and he's seeking the Lord. And you're running. And I used to, when I was youth pastor, I used to teach that, but I think it's true. I really do think it's true. Like, go after God, and dude, if He's going after God, you're gonna you're gonna find each other. Mm-hmm. I, you know, don't I don't think seek a wife. I think or seek a husband. I think seek Jesus. Yeah, and you'll and you'll run into the guy mm-hmm. or the girl. How'd you guys like my list? Tough, hard oh, cool. stuff. It's All right, it's really good. for the character, which I don't mind that if the physical appearance is actually interesting to you. Mm. What I mean is they will sacrifice, oh, he's not, he's not really that cute, but he's godly. Uh, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh, it's true. So, so true. No, I've seen this many times. So but here's the thing. Dude, better be cute enough to okay, keep your attention. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said it. No, he, he really better be cute enough because guess what? In one half minute, you're going to be waking up. You're going to be three years in. He's going to have bad breath. You're going to look over. You're like, what have I done? Thank you. Because he will have bad breath every day of the rest of his life when he wakes up. And his hair will be a wreck. And, and I'm just saying, like, if his, if, his best, if his best isn't interesting, you're going to see him many, many times less than that. And, and I just, I just, I, I, my concern is if he's not moving you, your heart, you know, and there's, because the physical component is a real component. Like, let's not say it's like, it's all spiritual, and if he's godly, praise God. Like, no, no, no. Like, you're going to have to look that guy in the eye across dinner a lot. <laughs> and if you're sitting there like, I just, you know, <laughs> it's just not, I don't, that's not okay. 
should have never been with that girl from a physical standpoint. I, I've seen that guy marry that girl. There's a piece there that just won't. Anyway, I've seen that guy marry that girl and thought, how did that dude get that girl? And then, then found out from the girl, they're, they're just like, I just, I just love him. Like, how he smiles, it's funny and crinkly. He's so, he's so cute. And they're like, they're like taken with the guy. And I'm like, wow. Okay, okay. And like, they like that geek swagger or whatever it is. They like that. And it's just a thing. It's true though. And, I, and you go, great, great. But the thing that's not great is the girl that's like, well, I'm not really attracted to him. He's he's a good man. That is going to be painful. Mm. It's going to be painful. Or the I'm not supposed to try to be. Maybe I will be eventually. Don't do that. The physical component. I know you're single women, so it's general. The physical component of a relationship is important for the female and the male. It is. There's got to be that. Physical synergy, and what I mean is, you gotta want that person. Yeah. Just to say it generic, and and, and if, if you don't physically have that kind of um, attraction, don't do it. Don't don't sell that out. And and the other thing, just because it's mostly girls in here, and you're married, so praise God. The dude that says the Lord told me you're my wife, that dude is not hearing from the Lord. That's the devil. But why do those sometimes work out? It, no, that don't work out. I've been on the other side of counseling with that. <laughs> those don't work out. The only way it works out is if the dude's feeling it and the girl's feeling it. If they're both feeling, hey, the Lord said, that's great. But if the dude's like, well, the Lord told me we're together. We're, we're to be together. And, and the girl's like, what? Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, thus saith the Lord. You're my wife. And then she feels bound to that. That is not the Lord. Ever, never, ever the Lord. Okay, never the Lord. But I, I've literally had to counsel women off the ledge that thought the Lord was connecting them to a dude because the dude gave the prophecy. And they're like, I don't like him, and God's making me marry him. And I'm like, no, no, he's not. That's not the Lord. That's the devil. That's that man's lusts. Like, get away from that guy. Run the other direction. Stop. So, I feel like I have a question. You be be liberated. You you're allowed to you're allowed to be attracted to the guy. That's a good thing. <laughs> Just be. Let it be a guy that you're like. Oh, he's kind of swag. All right, I like this guy. Yeah. Swag. Swag of the day. Yeah, swag. You want to say swaggy? That's that's how I like say, to say. Say drippy. Yeah, I don't understand that. See, I'm, I'm back with swag. It's, it's age appropriate. No, no, don't help me. I'm going to say Don't help me. If I start going, oh, that man's drippy. He's trying to. No, no. I say swag and I say it wrong. Usually I say swaggy. That's my, that's my own personal spin. See, that's better, isn't it? I'm 50. I like it. Okay, what were you gonna ask? Okay, so with um, like this idea of dating, like how does one, I just don't like it, I really don't, because I'm like, you're just putting your heart on the line, on the chopping block. So how would you suggest like carrying your heart in the midst of like kind of, you know, seeing how things are going in a way that you don't 
Put your heart on the chopping block. Yeah, what time is it, by the way? Uh, 3.20. Okay, yeah, we'll just stay with this. I'm, I, I love, I love girl talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> women almost never get men to mentor them. Almost never. Women almost never get men to mentor them. And it's something the Lord's given me as a gift that I get to do that I love. Uh, so I'm the hard stop at 345. So help me, okay? At what? Hard stop at 345. Oh. So I'm telling you to read the book, read the chapter in the book on the kingdom real clearly because that's what I was going to teach you today. Okay. Um, ask me the question again. Um, how do you navigate dating without putting your heart on the Yeah. So, uh, how do you? So, here's what happens. The younger you are, the more um, vulnerable you, the more vulnerably you'll offer your heart. And so, to be more intentional about how you regard those interactions uh, at a younger age is super important. So, let me just kind of break it down for you. Um, at 22, you could be married. At 16, you couldn't, right? So to me, getting into an intense dating relationship, if you're not able to be married, it's just a waste. It's, it is literally what you just said, putting your heart on the chopping block. You're gonna get crunched, because we can't get married. And, and it has, it's gonna have to like last five years. And being in close quarters with a, a person of the opposite sex in a romantic way for five years and keeping it Jesus is like, dude. Super, super, like impossible, super hard. Like just, I mean, the rarest examples in my mind, like one out of literally a thousand have been able to do that. So what I always say is, if you're not able to be married, and I've got, I've got like this rubric, like five or seven things that are like the, the boxes, like financial, emotional, spiritual, physical. There's like, you know, if you can't check the boxes, emotional stability, financial stability, spiritual stability, sexual purity, like, um, you know, these components, then you can't be married. Age, age appropriate. So don't, don't. You know, culture says you got it. You know, you're 22, but the 18-year-old's like, who, who, who you date? Who you with? And, and if the 18-year-old really can't get married for five years, it's just a bad idea. What's a better idea is just develop great relationships with people of the opposite sex and just just be like, you know, really cool. You know, just control yourself. It requires a measure of self-control, but just be cool with people. Learn how to interact without it always being some like, oh, I want to be with him or I want to be with her. You know, it's, that's so gross. So learn to interact socially, godly. Now, 22, you could be married. So when you're younger, what tends to happen is you're, you'll offer yourself more vulnerably. You know, it's, a, it's the, you know, you call it whatever you want to call it, maybe... You know, you're a little more emotionally naive. So you need to be more intentional about not being as, you know, expected, hopeful, attached, whatever. And you take it slow. You know, you just, you don't, you don't make it this day one, it's exclusive. We're talking on the phone till 2 a.m. every night, hanging out every potential waking moment. You just take it nice and slow. You pace. You pace it. It's... You know, you hang out once a week, one's coffee, one's in a group, one's the actual date, and you're talking, and you just take it slow. And you'll know, you'll know in, in a, a matter of time, 
three months if this is a legit thing. You know if the guy's legit, but you need you need this broad spectrum of relational connect to be able to see like, is this the dude? Is this the dude? And, and, and you know, three, four, five months in, you're kind of like you're getting it, and then do the you know we it's called a DTR, you know, define the relationship, hit him with a DTR. So where are we? For five months in, we've been talking five months. Uh, I don't do this with boys. I don't sit there and get strung along, you know. So where are we? Are we going somewhere with this or are we not? You know, and, and you know when that's time, and that's a very valid question to ask. But I think having that intentionality about yourself when you're younger is super important. When I think about, you know, Alicia, she's uh, 29, 30, so she's gonna, she's gonna manage herself a little differently than you would because you're 22. And it's just a matter of experience. She's going to do the things I'm saying more instinctively because she's just been around a little bit. And so I think it's just be intentional in those ways. Don't, doesn't have to, and, and can I tell you a little bit? Mm -hmm. Like when she's had um, male interests, she doesn't start off with like the dinner date at the nice restaurant, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, dude dropping 150 bucks and ordering a bottle of wine or something. Like that is just not how it's going. It's like, oh, let's go, let's go to the gym. You know what I mean? It's the casual connect. And it's not texting on the, on the phone every seven seconds. It's the measured, controlled, you know, it's a, it's a discipline, disciplined connection points where she's not just getting, you know, completely over. She's a great example of that. So I think that that's, that intentionality is important when you're younger. And I, I honestly think that's what dads are for, you know, you know. Dad, this boy, and you process it with the dad, and let the dad sniff him out. Yeah. That's what dads are for. And and I don't know your, your family, but if it's not a dad, it's a it's a male figure, it's a, a pastoral leader, or a family friend, or an uncle, or something like that that you can just just run the guy by. I say I, I call it put him under the shepherd's rod. <laughs> put the guy under the shepherd's rod. Sniff this boy out. And I think that's that's you know that's so healthy. That's what dads are for. You know, talk, talk through those things. And I think there's something special about that too. This guy, I kind of like him. He's kind of swaggy and whatever. You know? <laughs> he's kind of, you know, he's got a little, little bit. But I'm asking this. How much debt does the man have? You know, you just get a, get a little reality check. Does he, does he look you in the eye and listen? At those points. And I think it just takes another man to, you know, to be able to, to help steer some. Is that helpful? Does that it give you is. some kind of yeah, it is. points? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad we get to talk about you girls instead of my own daughter. She's like 10, so we're not even there yet. <laughs> I'm probably going to be a messed up basket case when she's like 18, 19. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> practice, right? I guess in the sense yeah. it's a practice. I, I, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been a spiritual dad to so many girls that have gotten engaged, gotten married. I've walked girls down the aisle that aren't like going and children. So I, I get it, but it, here's what I do know. It is a different deal when it's your own. Oh, for sure. Because when I was a youth pastor, I had all these teenagers call me dad. Well, when my boys became teenagers, I was like messing it up gloriously. Even though I was perfect with everybody else's kids, you know. So it's just a different deal when it's your own. So, um, you know, I'm like, help me, Jesus. But I will be, when she's 20, I will be 60. So just, I, I get 10 more years of maturity on me. I think I really might better do as well. Hopefully.
I have a question. When you meet someone and their interests, like they love the Lord passionately, but maybe their focus is not like intercession. Maybe their focus is. Why are you laughing? Me? Nothing. Am I laughing? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a, this is like rhetorical. This isn't. There's nobody really in mind. Yeah, there's some. <laughs> 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 That's why I'm laughing. Okay. Um, yeah, like, like, in that moment, nobody in the room knows what's happening. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know. um, wait, I lost my. They're not focused on the Yeah, yeah. So, like, they love Jesus, but maybe their heart is somewhere else. Like, how do you know if you guys are still a match, even though. Maybe you don't have the same number one interest. Sure, yeah. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time and, and understanding like life, um, passions, and what, what kind of vision it is of that person's heart. You know, and I think that there are things that God puts in us that are for us right now. There's things that God puts in us that could be for a later time. It doesn't always work out just like you know Legos just perfectly fit. And so I've seen like, like Jordan Barnes is a really interesting example. Cause so you know Jordan and Aaron. So Jordan called to missions, called to prayer, called all these things. And uh, YWAM, IHOP, all this stuff. And the Lord tells her to move home. Mm-hmm. And then she moves home, she meets this boy. And she's known him, I think, but they start connecting. They get married. Then he gets bit with like the very things that she's bit with. And now they're doing it together. Like so, it's not always like perfect Legos just perfectly fit. Um, but I think it, it, it really is a matter of time. Like it's a matter of you'll know over time if if what his interests are and his focus focuses are are compatible with what your interests and your focuses are. And and I think that just plays out after after knowledge of one another. Yeah. And I think there's there's a moment where you're like, I really am serious about intercession and mission. And he goes, well, I really am serious about intercession missions too. I don't get it as much, but I think I like it. Or he goes, I'm really more serious about this. And, and you know, I mean, you can find if there's a compatibility or not. It takes time. So um, I, I just heard... felt like you're going to ask me something very specific. Uh, well, I get have a lot of questions. Like, Good, yeah, just roll, roll. <laughs> uh, you need to leave it. Um, so I'll just ask the question I have right now. So I've heard it said in like sermons like throughout my life that like if you have like this is this issue you're not ready to be marrying or like if you have this like you shouldn't be thinking about being in a relationship. So like what's the balance of that? Because like obviously like no one's gonna be fully healed before they meet their mate. So like what I don't know. What is like the balance of like Yes, you need to like have these things like in line, but like also like I'm never going to be perfect this side of eternity. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have a, a sermon series called "The Glory of Marriage," where I lay out seven uh, things for for singles that are um, required to be in place, and and I don't I don't think of any of those have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfection. Um, and and so the the things that I was just giving a minute ago, like emotional stability, that's real. 
like the person cannot be like having anger management problems exploding and then trying to be in a relationship like no bro you gotta get your heart right um financial like you, you can't be bound to some anchor of uh debt that's sinking your ship and now you're gonna get someone else in the ship with you to sink it says, you know, it's emotional, it's financial, um, there's spirituality, you've got to be a match, you know, there's got to be like passion, hunger for the Lord, um, <clears throat> sexuality, and I go through on that series and explain red light, green light, yellow light as it relates to sexual hangups, but there's this, there's this uh, thought that people can have uh, sexual hangups, but once they get married, because now sex is quote unquote legal, that it's gonna be fine, it's not. 25 years of pastoral care, I'll tell you, they take whatever issue they had and they bring it right into the marriage and it's a train wreck. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are four of them. But that, well, can you, can you probably, you can probably get that um, series to them. Um, even that, that session would be just helpful to what I do for singles. Um, but there's like seven. And I, and I say for men, the uh, brother paradigm for women, the father heart. Don't have to be a theologian on it, but you gotta know it. <laughs> you know, because you want that man to love you well. You know, you, you want to be able to submit to his leadership. And so those are components that are, that are critically important. Um, can't remember what my other two are, but that's those are the main things. But I, there's this those areas, there's there's tons of room for people in the process. But then there are debilitating levels of brokenness that you, you, you really can't be in relationship with someone else until you get it right with yourself. And, and I think it's always important for um, couples that are growing in relationship towards marriage to have uh, not just accountability, like I think it's good to have accountability, but I think it's good to have like a, um, another couple that's like coaching them. Helping them walk through kind of stuff. Like, so what's your problem? Let's just hear it. Let's hear what's going on. And just be a sounding board, you know? And in some instances, parents can be that. Sometimes that's not the best just because the proximity and closest. And sometimes it's, it's better to have, like, a pastor, leader, uncle, you know, something like that to help you to be able to speak into it. Is that helpful? Yeah. Specific yeah. enough? Yeah, my question wasn't too specific, so... Uh. I want the specific one. I have a specific one. Go ahead. <laughs> so for, to make it very specific, I didn't have like a very great um, example in terms of my parents, single mom, parents divorce kind of thing. And because of my mom being single and raising four kids, she just had a lot of pressure. And so she didn't have that emotional stability. Um, and so I guess like, I don't, I'm not, I don't believe that that's setting me up for failure in any way, but I just understand I might have to work a little bit harder to like kind of catch up people who've had that example throughout their um, life. And so what would you say are like practical ways to like address that? Um, just because I, I think I've tried, you know, to observe women and families who do have things uh -huh. in order, but like I, some, a part of me is like, well, there might be some things like that I just don't know of. And so how would you recommend like kind of addressing that? as best as one can. Well, well let, let me um, set you at ease. There will definitely be things that you don't know of. That's marriage. Like, that's for sure. It, you could have the most perfect leave it to beaver or whatever family, you know, and there's going to be 
all sorts of things you have to you know traverse that are challenging in, in marriage. That's just real. Um, what you've said you've done is, I think, a, a great answer. It's finding somebody in the church that you really respect and just you know learning from their example. It's a biblical thing. You know, Paul he told Timothy he said, "How do the older women teach the younger women? You know, how to conduct themselves, how to carry themselves, not even just their moms." You know, so um, and, and and the reason why that's important in the church is because, especially in the first century, the gospel was tearing families apart. You know, they were coming, they were coming into Jesus and saying no to Roman allegiance, and so some were, you know, literally being torn torn apart from their families. They didn't have parents anymore. They were they were completely disenfranchised, so they had to like find others that could help them learn. You know. How to grow in these things, and so um, I think that's the right answer: is find people that you respect, find women that you respect, do the deal. Just say, hey, can, I, "Can I take you out to coffee and pick your brain?" And there's so many godly women that would just like they would just eat that up. Like you would invite them out to coffee, so you could ask them about being a wife. Like they'd be like, "Oh, you're awesome. I mean, there'd be so much on that, you know? So I think that's the right, that's the right uh, mentality is that I just want to learn. And I, I don't think you have to be af- afraid because I think that, you know, no matter what your example is, be perfect, you can be a wreck. Um, you know, my wife, her parents were divorced when she was two. Um, her mom was a single mom. Um, uh, with a with a disability, like she had epilepsy, and so she couldn't drive. So she's like um, receiving help from the government, driving a bike, can't re- drive a car, uh, with you know three children, no alimony, no child support, two jobs. So this is what she grew up with, and our experience has been anything but that. It's been, I mean, it hasn't been perfect. It's been, uh, it's had its own challenges, but it's been awesome, you know. And so I don't think like her her experience and her example sort of, you know, debilitated her from being able to be, you know, healthy in a, in a marriage relationship. So, I, but I think what you're talking about is the answer. one.